So I don't know. I think Have you ever seen a duck penis? It's like a Oh, it's like yeah. corkscrew. Okay, moving on. Yeah. There is the cold open. Have you ever seen a duck penis? <laughs> no. It's like a corkscrew. Moving on. Hello and welcome to It's Not TV. It's a podcast. I'm Nicole and along with me is David. Hello, hello. Welcome back to our very special format for season three. We are covering each episode of House of the Dragon on the pod as they air. Spoiler warning. Please understand we are covering the current episode as well as any that have aired previously. Spoilers for Game of Thrones TV show and a song of ice and fire books are all fair game. If you do not want to know what the rain in King's Landing is made of, consider yourself warned. Ew. That said, we will not be spoiling the ending of House of the Dragon. If you want to know, go read Fire and Blood or your favorite Reddit thread. All right. The Princess and the Queen. Did people watch this episode, David? Uh, yeah. So we, when we look at variety, they did the math and it's a shit ton. Oh, is that the scientific terminology? It is. For those at home, when you're looking at like Nielsen numbers, a shit ton is a lot. So <laughs> for the third straight week, viewership actually rose. And that would make House of the Dragon uh, is totaling now 29 million viewers per episode. As I said, a shit ton. If the numbers hold, it would make this season the third most watched season of Game of Thrones. Only behind Game of Thrones season seven. And Game of Thrones season eight, which had 30 million and 48 million, uh, respectively. So and they're only halfway through the season. Yes. So they are, by all accounts, fucking crushing it from a ratings perspective. So shit ton of people are watching the show and hopefully not all of them were confused because we had a big old time jump. Our biggest yet. We jumped 10 years between episodes. So we got several new actors playing older versions of our characters. Notably, we've got Emma Darcy playing Rhaenyra and Olivia Cook playing Alicent, our new leads. So first things first, Emma Darcy is non-binary and uses they or them pronouns. So review websites and podcasts, mm -hmm. stop misgendering them, please. But let's get into a quick and dirty version of what happened this episode. Rhaenyra gives birth to a third son. Her two kids make mischief in the pit and the yard, and she and Lenor come to understand they must leave King's Landing. As the princess leaves, the king weeps over his late queen Amos' ring. Allison inspects Rhaenyra's newborn, chirps about parentage, creates tension with her position at the small council, and wants for her father Otto. Damon is in Pentos with pregnant wife Lena, their dragons, and two daughters. It seems that our dark prince has figured out his penis. Lena is unable to deliver her babe and chooses a dragon rider's death. The Hand escorts his son Harwin to Harrenhal after an outburst with Sir Criston. A fire started by Clubfoot traps and kills both the Hand and Harwin Strong. And Alicent now struggles with the depth of what that means. Whew. Lot happening. Did you like it? The episode? Loved it. I think it was my favorite. It was a different show. I'm torn on... If this should have been the first episode or not, I understand the buildup, but I wonder if we could have gotten to where we are with a prologue, a long flashback. 
I, I, because I saw the first five episodes, I can't say what I would have, what I would have felt without them. But as I look at episode six here, I go, I probably could have started here. I, I get enough of what happened. It was super fucking compelling. How about you? Did you enjoy it as much as me? I, I loved it. So I think a, a couple of things happened here. Obviously, I think the adult cast improved things tremendously. But another thing that happened is Miguel Sapochnik directed this episode. So I wonder if there's a tone or a flavor that comes from our our veteran Game of Thrones director. So I think it was a great episode. It was a large time jump. I'm still not comfortable conceding connection to the characters, but I'm trusting them. And when we get to the end of all of this, I'll decide if the things that I missed, if I really needed any of it. Because if you think back to some of the Game of Thrones threads they left undone, it did feel like those were heavier. But did they feel heavier because we spent more time with them? And maybe we just didn't need them for the story to move on in some cases anyway. So I'm I'm trusting and there's no threats of losing my viewership and seemingly anyone else's as it continues to grow. So let's get into some of the core themes throughout this and some of the beats of this episode. So we open the episode with another birthing scene. Yep. This one goes okay. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> the show decided to introduce us immediately to adult Rhaenyra, and this was an intense and intimate scene. How great was the scene? Do you feel like it worked for you to start off in Rhaenyra's nose? Yeah, it was it was intense. I'm getting a little tired of the birthing violence. I I get I get it. Ooh. I understand that. We are we're doing less sexual violence towards women, which thumbs up. That was just a regular birth, though. Oh, yeah, but maybe birth is just violent, too violent for you. Birth is too violent for me. I want no part of it. Uh, it's a good way to introduce a new actor is to say, let's give him a really tough scene. And to show this off, we spent five episodes with a princess being like, I'm never going to give birth. I'm never going to give birth. I'm never going to give birth. Yeah. And so I think it does show that the character has changed. And so it's like maybe like a wink and a nod, like, hey, we changed the actor and the character has gone through growth, too. Yeah. But man, I'm, I'm tired of seeing women, women like going through pain of childbirth. How did this scene sit with you? Oh, I thought it was beautiful and oh. fine. And I loved seeing her ask for her baby when it was through and become protective over her baby when it was potentially to be whisked away to the queen. So I, I really did enjoy that. There are scenes of women giving birth, not necessarily violent ones, but just where it just feels overacted and and dramatized. Um, so I, I I thought they did a great job with this one. Really realistic. But Allison, in a kind of a power move, wants to see if the baby is also a bastard like the other two kids. So she demands to see the baby and Rhaenyra drags herself, literally like dragging herself, leaving a trail of blood to go see her is Allison still holding a fucking grudge or, or is this like real politics where she's trying to make sure that if they're bastards, her kids should be on the throne. Do you think it's grudgy or politics or both? So before I answer this question, I want to point out that she drags herself to Allison, but not before standing up demanding to get dressed mm -hmm. and them going, wait, 
princess, you need to deliver the placenta. Oh, she did drop the afterbirth. Yeah. Yes. Our advice to our fans, before you have an important meeting, be sure to drop off the afterbirth before the meeting. <laughs> it's very, very important. So many people forget. Yeah, they forget. It's a common mistake. It's a rookie mistake, frankly. Um, so, Allison, I think it's very too simplistic to just say that she's still pissed about Rainier lying, um, not to mention the fact that I don't believe she's justified um, because yeah. she also lied to Rhaenyra. <laughs> um whether she justifies herself for the lie or not. Um, but I think a lot of this is just manifested over 10 years into resentment. Oh, okay. Allison's a rule follower. She does everything that's asked for her. And Princess Rhaenyra indicated in conversations to Rhaenys that when she became queen, she would change the rules. She's not interested in playing by the expectations. Yeah, yeah. We saw this for five episodes with the other actor. She's continuing to do this. We'll talk more about it. Allison is pissed. Allison is resentful. Yeah. Her resentment is, has manifested into rage, and I don't think she can see past it. No, and I think a little bit, too, is she probably thinks that Rhaenyra, because of her infidelity and because her kids are bastards, are, like, unworthy of the throne. She seems to have, like, a, a highfalutin sense of right and wrong, to your point. So I think not only is she mad at Rhaenyra for not following the rules, I think she feels like that disqualifies her. It's like, well, this this means you shouldn't be queen and your kids shouldn't be, you know, king or queen because you're not following the rules. But yeah, it is weird, though, that while Allison and Rhaenyra have grown apart or grown further apart, it seems like Rhaenyra and uh, King Viserys have actually grown a little bit closer. Uh, he he dotes on the baby he asks her how yeah. how she's doing. He holds the baby with his one arm. Yeah. Um, he asks her how the birth went. When you're looking down the barrel of death. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it easy to <laughs> oh, you th pull in the things that you want and you love. You think he's he's closer because he knows he's on the way out. His arm is gone. He did lose an arm. Yeah. But he holds that baby just fine with one. And he asks her, like, how did you do? And she's like, I called a midwife a cunt. And he's like, good one, honey. Like, he's in on the bit. He just kissed her. Yeah. Do, do you do you think, though, they're mended? Do you think, like, they're they're connected now again? They, they've resolved their issues in the decade? I mean, in 10 years, he's still sticking to she was the right choice. Mm -hmm. And that is his choice. And that's the future of the realm. So I think that when we left Alicent and Rhaenyra 10 years ago, the maturity that Viserys was looking for in Rhaenyra came through mm -hmm. in the 10 years um, based on this episode. And I think that what he was looking for from her, she, in this episode at least, yeah. has at least an official capacity when it comes to her duties, not her pleasure. She seems to have gotten a lot smarter. Yeah, and I think... What's interesting, too, is I think probably her and Allison both play the same way. A few episodes ago, uh, King Viserys said, I won't be forced to choose between my daughter and my brother. And I feel like every day it seems like he's now choosing between his daughter and his wife, that he's probably playing middle ground for both of them, trying to be nice guy. Or even his children, like his his daughter, second set of children against Rhaenyra, you know? I, I feel like he's in a no-win situation there in terms of yeah. no matter whose side he backs, someone else is going to be pissed. He he created this kind of tough place to be in. You need to procreate. You need to strengthen your line. But in doing so, he's basically put his grandchildren and children and wife all at war. Yeah. 
And Rhaenyra last, I mean, last time we checked with them, they were forced to, she was forced to marry Laner. And now it's 10 years later, seems closer with her dad. But like, what's the vibe you get of her relationship with Laner now, which was like her dad setting that up. So I think it feels like a sibling relationship for me. Okay. Um, it's bickery. Sure. But they're open with each other. They communicate. It seems at least when they're around each other, when they first opened up the support that Lenar showed Rhaenyra, um, actually had my husband lean over and say, I'm sorry, because <laughs> he's not like that. <laughs> and then the following scenes, it just seems to fall apart. He's absent based on her description and his agreement, um, self-interested. Yeah. So he's just, he's trying to make it through court, I guess. He seems, behavior like that would indicate that he's deeply unhappy, but um, they seem to have a good relationship. Do you think they're in love? I don't think she's in love with anyone. She seems kind of cold. <laughs> to him she seems a little cold to her dad she seems cold to uh harwin who we'll talk about a little bit from my read and again she literally just went through birth so i'm not i i'm trying to give her benefit of the doubt that i'm dealing with the information that i have so she's i mean generally her character has been cold even as a yes. child but you know she lost her mother young she kind of you know was put in a position where everyone hated her so i i can see why she would be cold and why you might read yes. that. So yes. So I think I that's it. a really good point, Nicole. I'm not saying she's unjustifiably cold. No, sure. Yeah. I just, I read her a little cold, but yeah. So I, I feel like she doesn't love him. It seems like she cares about him when she talks later on about leaving the Dragonstone. Yeah. She offers to bring his knight who he seems to fancy. Uh, she's a little mean to him when, when he's not quite connecting with her uh, and she kind of makes fun of him and, and, how he's run around these last few years. I, I think the trick is when we left Lanar last, he had made a plan to help defeat the Stepstones. He flew a dragon, was kind of badass, then got married to her, um, saw his his lover die at the hands of Kristen Cole. So I felt like he was a very intense character, so to speak. And now he's kind of like more fun loving. And that's maybe how he survives. He's, I think she refers to him as being indulgent. So I get that. And maybe that's why she doesn't love him. Maybe that's why she tolerates him or, or at least respects him. I see both sides of this. Yeah, I mean, I get the point. Being away from King's Landing would mean she gives Allison the upper hand, as they discuss later in the episode. But on the flip side, Leonor living at court, being indulgent is just like a way to conceal himself. Oh, he, there are parts of him that are just not acceptable yeah. at court. So letting the man be a drift mark or going over to Dragonstone, carrying out his nightly duties, feeling more himself. I, I mean, I just, I could get, I get why someone might become beer bellied and slow to get back in the swing of things. Um, when it comes to his, his husband and fatherly duties, when you're spending most of your days, um, pretending you're someone you're not. Oof. I do think though, to your point, it's understandable. And I do think that when she tells him we have to go to Dragonstone, he seems to have her back fully, which I respect. So yeah, he may be rusty. He's like, give me the fuck yeah, out of he, here. He may be rusty. He may be hiding parts of himself. He may be uncomfortable, but when his wife is like, yo, for our family, we got a bolt. He's like, all right. I think he's he's still going to still going to be good for her. Yeah, I think he's he's valuable to her and in, in just being the heir to Driftmark alone. <laughs> yeah. The second most powerful family in the realm. And unlike the two other men in her life, Harwin Strong and Kristen Cole, he doesn't cause a scene in the middle of the fucking courtyard. 
Harwin is a very eligible bachelor. He's very hot. He has cool armor. So why do you think it is that he doesn't get a wife, get a get an alibi <laughs> <laughs> to hide his relationship with Rhaenyra? <laughs> do you think they were in love? I mean, he loves the yeah. kid, her kids. I think Harwin may be cuntstruck. Jesus. To bring it back to last week's episode. Harwin is one of two things, I think, here. Either, either Harwin is really in love with her and it's unrequited in the sense that he can't marry her. Or Harwin's just a chill dude who's probably got like a dozen bastards floating around and she's just a good piece of ass. Mm. I don't think we get enough of Harwin to know. I would believe. I Is that why you think that his kids aren't good at sword fighting? Because he's too busy making the rounds, visiting all his other <laughs> bastards. Yeah, he's got a fleet. He's like, I'll leave it to Kristen Cole, I guess. Yeah. I'll chicken on him, but I got to <laughs> I gotta go check the rest of King's Landing. He's going to swing around down the flea bottom. <laughs> I think that. Every night he walks through with like a tray of moon tea for all the women oh, that he slept with. He's just got some in his belt ready. Like in a thermos. He, Harwin <laughs> Strong invented the thermos for take, moon tea. Take a sip. <laughs> take a sip. Um, I think you're right. I think he does love his kids. I think that's clear. At least the ones we see. Whether or not he loves Rhaenyra, I don't get that vibe. They seem both cold to each other. They seem like divorced parents, honestly. Like who have like a good relationship. That's interesting. Yeah, like I they're think, both polite. I think they were hi poorly hiding it. Like it worked on you. Like you felt they were cold towards each other, which makes the the rumor harder to believe. Oh, so you think they were they were playing like the characters? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, the kids and were in the room what, and everything. It, it kills yeah, me. So maybe as me, it kills me because I'm like, how did they meet? Yeah. You know, <laughs> how do they meet up? Like all I want to know all the things. I've never been with a man, but I would help our Harwin out of his armor in a heartbeat. Like Rhaenyra with Kristen Cole. She would know how expert yeah. skill with removing <laughs> armor. I'd have to take lessons from her. He's Do you think they reenact the scene where she like runs past him and she, he's like, where are you running to little boy? Oh yeah. I, I think, I think Harwin <laughs> Matt is like shitting his. Yeah. Bit. Our producer's loving this bit. Our producer is also in love with Harwin and nobody can fucking blame him. This is the Harwin fan club right here. Um, we like us some Harwin. I mean, I prefer him alive, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, our boy, Kristen Cole, in that fight scene, Kristen Cole, by the way, has thrown down in like four of six episodes this year. If you count the pig, it's like almost every episode he's fucking hit something. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Until he hits him, is there anything that Harwin did in that moment that was unprofessional? Like... Is this how you train people? You train people by pitting them against each other and bullying and like Kristen like goads Harwin and like he's like, let me get him to explode. And he does. Yeah. And and at that point, I get it. But like, do you really think there was anything before that point that was out of line? OK, right. I am. I am pro Harwin. But to be fair. When a member of the King's Guard is training the princes of the queen and the princes of the princesses <laughs> and the the commander of the city watch comes in bitch you don't have a place here leave this isn't the city this is the red fucking keep i'm the king's guard i'm here with princes go command the watch I don't disagree with that, but would the commander of the Kingsguard be giving lessons to the princes or isn't there like an armor person like 
whatever there can be. But Jamie, Jamie would have trained people. Okay. Yeah, we 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 see that that they can do that. I I think it's it's more within their realm. I'm thinking the Starks. I'm thinking the Starks. Like there was like the guy who taught them how to fight. I forget. Oh, it'd be the master of arms. He was. Yeah. That. Yeah, the master of arms. We don't know if the Red Keep has one, but it's it's definitely a, a King's Guard's job to protect them, and part of protecting them is training them. Fair. Harwin can go in my mind wherever he wants. But from Kristen Cole's perspective, when the city watch guard comes in, it's like, that's not how you train the princes. It's like, who the fuck are you? Get. Yeah. But at the same time, like Harwin's behavior got him expelled from the city watch and out of King's Landing. But murdering someone during a rehearsal dinner. Hey, do you want to be the the queen's personal guard? Yeah. So I think, though, I think that's the 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 importance there. I think that. The King's Guard can get away with beating the shit out of a knight who's not the King's Guard, but the city commander can't get away with beating the shit out of a King's Guard. So there's like this hierarchy, this chess hierarchy, and the city commander is lower than a King's Guard, and so is the Knight of Flowers. Or I'm sorry, if Harwin Strong beat the, the shit out of the Knight of Kisses, he would have also gotten away with it. Yeah. I also think that part of the reason Harwin gets kicked out. And again, we think it may be self-exile or exile by his dad. The king doesn't tell him he has to leave. Um, so I think it's his dad making the call. Harwin Strong, by fighting Kristen Cole, when Kristen Cole accuses him of being the father of one of the children, makes that rumor bigger. It gives it air. It's like if if you cheated on your wife and someone calls you a cheat, and you're like, that's ridiculous. How could you? Well, we're all good. If you If you cheated on your wife... And the guy says you cheated on your wife. Like, How dare you bastard see me outside? It's like, whoa, hold on. Doth protest too much, my friend. <laughs> Shakespeare coming in here. So I think what actually gets him kicked out. And again, I, I think it's voluntary. What gets him kicked out is the fact that his fight gives air to the rumor, that, that rumor flame. Yeah. Evidence beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you think that if Harwin hadn't beat the shit out of Kristen Cole, which thank you, Harwin, he would have still been banging Rhaenyra a few months from now, a few years from now? Yeah, I mean, I think so. They seem to have a good thing going. They've got some back doors and oh. hallways and tunnels. Well, they'd have less bastards if he used the back door. Hey, who hey. gots? Um, I mean, people already suspected, right? Yeah, I think at some point it'd probably come to a head. I think you can only keep that shit mm -hmm. down so long. King Viserys can only turn his blind, maggot-filled eyes uh, away from it for so long. But you'd think he'd send more tea up there. Yeah, but he's he's blissfully fucking ignorant, that one-armed man. And why didn't Rhaenyra think like Marjorie and say, you know, why don't you have Carl come up here and fluff you? Just so we can have, like, something. I mean, I know that's not fair to Lenor. And l let me be very clear. Like, this is not what I think. But within their world, why why not? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that she should bring Lenor, have him close with another gentleman. Yeah. yeah the, and she just closed The Marjorie Terrell move, as we like to call it. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yes, I wasn't following. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> and apparently, I, we think in the books uh, that may be uh, what happens. In Fire and Blood, we think that's one of the things they attempt, but we don't think any babies come out of it because those babies come out brown hair as shit. 
Yeah. Listen, people should be allowed to sleep with whoever they want. But when you're the king or the queen or a prince or a princess in a medieval fantasy land and you have to produce heirs of a certain color and certain hairstyle. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And if you don't, people get upset. Speaking of upset, (laughs) that council meeting. Yeah, that council meeting did not go well. Why is the queen at the small council meeting? Why is Allison? Why does she have a marble? (laughs) Why is this okay with the king? Do you think that Viserys has any fucking say anymore in their marriage? It would appear not. (laughs) When we spent the first few episodes, you and I were complaining about how Rhaenyra is the heir and Rhaenyra isn't at the table. And then they added Rhaenyra to the table. And then they added Allison to the table. I bet you Allison was like. Exactly. If she's at the table, I want to be at the table too. Like, does everyone have a fucking marble? It's not fair. So everyone gets a marble. He's like, Oprah, you get a marble. You get a marble. When Rhaenyra makes her pitch to Allison that she wants to have their kids married, she wants to marry her eldest son to Allison's eldest daughter. And Viserys is like, great idea. See, everything's cool. Why doesn't that land, do you think, with Allison? Because she uses a, a female weakness tactic to shut Rhaenyra uh. down, <laughs> first of all, in the conversation. Milk shouldn't have been a conversation stopper. For Rhaenyra, who, who <laughs> races around the kingdom doing as she pleases, what the fuck does she care if she has some stains on her shirt? Why... How does Rhaenyra get Harwin killed? She got Kristen <laughs> killed. I'll talk more about that in a minute. He's not actually dead. Joffrey, the Knight of Kisses, gets killed for her own desires, doing whatever she wants <laughs> all the time. But what dresses allow Allison to check her? Milk aside, why is Kristen Cole dead? I'm not following. Well, so for me, Kristen Cole is like the mountain in the sense that like when he goes to try to kill himself, I feel like he succeeded like he didn't actually like stab himself and have oh, a mortal wound like but his soul allison, died. at yeah. that point okay. allison took like her hand went right up his ass and she, he became her puppet oh. yeah exactly so kind of like the mountain became cersei's psycho killer i think that Kristen cole became <laughs> allison's psycho killer yeah just another zombie on the king's guard <laughs> just just pile them up well that does make sense too because he's His whole thing before he almost kills himself is like, oh, I'm a knight. I took vows. I got to be honorable. And then since then, he's walking around. He's like, you know, that princess is a real cunt. And even Even Allison's like, whoa. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's my word. That was beneath me. (laughs) She was like, take that down. (laughs) Take it down a notch. I also really like that that Beesbury in the meeting, the old fuck, like – couldn't keep up. I I lost it. He was was so funny. He was great. Do you think that's – Even Rhaenyra was like – smirking (laughs) like they cut to her and she's like trying to hold back (laughs) i i think it's it's sort of them poking fun at this like hey this council is just a a fucking mess and let's shout out to the guy who was like the the maester who turned to him and was like hey man this is this is where we're at he didn't even like nobody embarrassed him they were just like hey we've we've moved on we're we're talking about this now yeah (laughs) good for you helping him out so Allison says to Rhaenyra's offer of like their kids getting married, she says like, great offer. What a blessed offer. Like, I'll think about it. But then later on, Rhaenyra's like, they're definitely not thinking about it. Do you think this is a pivotal moment? Like if Ren- if Allison had accepted this, do you think that would have like brought everyone together? Because she, she, she says she'll think about it. 
Rhaenyra takes it as a no, and Rhaenyra's like, we're fucking out of here. So she's basically rescinding the offer. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if it would quiet the realm, but it might quiet this internal war. Okay. So w- the impression we're getting, um, we're not actually hearing, but we're getting is that Allison is representing the notion that Otto's given her that the entire realm is against Rhaenyra becoming yeah. the queen, the ruler of the realm. So based on that, I think that they would still have a bigger battle to fight, but I think that internally um, they would solve some issues for sure. Do you think it was the right political play? Like it was like extending an olive branch, but she also gets to know her place. Yeah, fast. I think it was. A, I usually don't give her any credit um, for the move she makes. I think it was a smart move. I'm a pacifist when it comes to shit like this, right? In the real world, I would have been the guy being like, "Hey, why don't we make peace with Corliss?" I would have been that dude, right? So. Only because I knew I would not survive in a war type scenario. I'd be the first motherfucker to go. Uh, I'd be killed at a wedding like uh, the fucking Blackwoods and the Brackens. So or like Rickon. Yeah. Poor Rickon. The Battle of the Bastards. Zig- I'm not going to zigzag, please, with my knees. Fuck no. You might zigzag on accident. Like fall down. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that'll accidentally save me as I wobble. <laughs> <laughs> so Oof, I'm just going to take a rest right here. Yeah. I'm just going to hang out here in the grass. I think. I think it's Rhaenyra's smartest move for two reasons. She offers it and it's a, I think it's a decent play. Like, hey, our two families aren't getting along the greatest right now. Let's marry our fucking kids. There you go. No more arguments over like who should lead. So I think that's a good move. Secondly, if rejected, to your point, she knows exactly where she stands. Yeah. So she by offering it, she knows she either gets it and that's good. Yeah, or she kidding. knows it's not going to happen and it's yep. it's it allows gives her information. So I think it's a smart move. Yeah, definitely. And I think that Allison is too rage drunk at this point that she may even just like want the fight. Like she's so mad at what's happened over the years that she just is like doing whatever she can to Yeah, yeah. make whatever she thought was wronged in the past, right? Yeah, she's she's hung up and she's taken out on her kids. So we get to meet all the kids. We get to meet Rhaenyra's kids and Allison's kids. And they're all caught up. All six of them are caught up in what's happening. I feel like they're not caught up. I think they're buddies. I mean, there's some bullying happening, but I feel like they're friends. They they're not they have no idea what's going on. Right. But then Allison does talk to Aegon and kind of lays them straight on it. Yes. And then Rhaenyra takes her kids away. So I think Correct. you're right. I think in the beginning of this episode, they're 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 picking on Eamon a little bit, but it's kid shit. The boys will be boys. Right. Yeah. Of Westeros. No, for sure. Thankfully- when I first saw the clips for the next, I was like, oh, my God, Aegon's a little shit. He reminds me of Joffrey or whatever. Yeah. Like a, like he's going to be like a psycho. And then when I saw this, I was like, no, he's just a teenager. Like he was just they- a teenager. Yeah. yeah, nothing he did was like especially psychotic. Yeah, so Allison's kids are Aegon, uh, Aemond, and Helena. Not necessarily in that order. Aegon's a, a young teen who we get to see whack off from the top of a tower. Uh, Aemond seems to be a little depressed little buddy because he can't get a dragon. And uh, Helena likes to play with bugs. I love her. And her mom is clearly like not having it, but is trying to Allison's credit. She's trying to listen to it. And then Rhaenyra's kids. Jason, Luke. Jace, Luke, and new baby, Joffrey. So 
Jace uh, Jace already has a dragon. Luke is getting his dragon. They're they're both bonded. They're just training. Yeah. Like they're all bonded except for Amon. Well, we're unclear if, Hel- if Helena is bonded. She's bonded with that fucking centipede looking thing she's hanging out with. And that scared the shit out of me. Seven dragons in this episode and the bug freaked me out the most. No, she's got some gifts, I think. Yeah. I really, so I I really like her. I doubt we'll get more time with her, but I would love. She gives me Shireen vibes. Like I'm really oh. interested in her story, not in her end. Right. Um, I'm I'm really interested in her story. So with those those three kids of Allison, uh, Eamon, Aegon, and and Helena, what do we think of those kids? You like Hel- Hel- uh, Helena? Do you think that Allison's a good mom to these kids? Do you like these kids so far? Yeah, what I mean, seen? I have I have empathy for Amon. The bullying was tough to watch, and I didn't like it. I understood that that's what happens with boys at that age, but yeah. Um, and Aegon just seemed like a normal teenager. Eh, like you know, I'm not ready for that shit. <laughs> and the other two, we didn't get a whole lot of time with them. Um, but it was an endearing scene to see the child kind of pick up on. Like, what's going on here? Is he my father? So. Oh, for Rhaenyra's. Um, yeah. For Rhaenyra's yeah, kids. Yeah. For Jace. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I I feel bad for these kids. They're being. They were. They're punished just for basically being born into these families. It's it's really sad. I do you think they're actually relatively well adjusted for being around all these fucking crazy people? Like, I found them to be like normal, weird kids. Like, they're yeah, they're doing weird shit. But like, that's what kids do. Yeah, I I thought they were relatively well adjusted. Yeah. Like I said, I I feel like they were they're just a bunch of kids, a bunch of friends growing up together. And, you know, like you said, at the end of the episode, that obviously changes. But for the past 10 years, that has been the case. Window jerking. She's standing there and watched him for a bit before she like interrupted him. Like how long is she standing there? I assume the camera was us was was her. Like I assume us was her. In which case, like, yeah, we we lingered. At first, but then when they cut around to the front of him from the outside, like we're a dragon flying by the window, she stands there. You can see her right. green dress for like yeah, a good. That's what I'm bit. saying. So, yeah. So I think I think she watched him as much as we did. <laughs> Nicole, before we deep dive the clubfoot, Allison and Viserys definitely have grown apart a little bit. Like, do you think they're still in love? So the only thing I could say about like the love thing is. Um, I definitely think there was a time that she was in love with Viserys. I don't know that she's doesn't love Viserys, but I don't think she's in love with him, but I don't think it's because like, obviously it's probably not super attractive. It's probably not super relatable to be like, so how, what's riding on you today? But I think that she is just so wrapped up in her own shit that she's just no longer even paying attention to it and she's not nurturing the plant so it hasn't grown and he made it very clear to her that he was in love with emma would never love anybody else so why try at that point yeah i agree i think i think she definitely loved him whether or not he loved her i don't know i i know that we have to be careful with these fucking time jumps because viserys is missing a fucking arm we jump one more 10 years there's gonna be bones sitting on the throne (laughs) it's it's not they're not working well for him every time he loses a digit do you think he thought Allison was like a safe Mary because she was like so compliant and like go with the flow when he first met her that he thought, oh, hey, this is probably safe. She's not going to make too many waves. I think that 12 years ago, he probably thought I, I loved Emma, but I got this like 
13-year-old girl or 16-year-old girl, whatever the fuck she was, who wants me. Awesome. And I think now, with the way Allison is treating him, he misses Emma more and more every day. Oh, for sure. Do you think that it their relationship changed when um, he pointed that out to Otto when he had that realization that, like, you put her in my room after my wife died? I think that's a great point. I think his and Allison's relationship changed when he kicked out her father. Yeah, I think significantly. Yeah, I think that's when it happened. And I think it probably didn't happen like overnight where suddenly she was like, I hate you. But when she was standing in the rain watching him go, I think that's when her relationship with King Viserys changed. You think she would be pissed at her dad, but nope. No, she's a she's a loyal little girl. God bless her. She's not little anymore. But I, I tell you, she misses her dad, though, because she's shooting the shit with Laris the Clubfoot. A little chamber dinner. A little chamber dinner. And she points out to him that she misses her father, that what Harwin did and having three fucking babies makes Harwin uh, a piece of shit, a ba- uh, you know, a, a father of bastards. And that makes the hand of the king, his father, Lionel, unfit for duty. And she points mm-hmm. out uh, to. Dead is unfit L- for duty. Yes. And she points out to Laris that she wants Otto because he would be fair. But that's not true. He would be impartial to me. Yes. It was an Allison, not Nicole. Just to be clear, I'm not in the show. (laughs) So she's talking to Laris, the clubfoot, about his own family and is like, they're fucking causing me problems. If they were all gone, I'd bring my dad back. And he's like. Mission accepted. Trade my dad for your dad. Yeah. So he burns his dad alive and Harwin Strong when they vacate. They they leave to maintain like family honor. Like they do the right thing. Lionel, by the way, fucking love you, Lionel. He's like, my son has has ruined our honor. I'm going to take him home. I need to go teach him a lesson. But. The clubfoot hires a bunch of criminals, rips out their tongues and has them burn his family alive. So he becomes the Lord of Harrenhal. He doesn't even hesitate, which makes me wonder, like, Lionel was an excellent and unbiased hand and advice giver. Was he a good father? Both of his sons seem to have a little animosity towards him for maybe being a workaholic. I think that's true. I also think, though... Lionel says to, when he's when Harwin's upset with Lionel, it's because Harwin got caught doing something bad. So I feel like he's kind of like I feel like they they could have had a good relationship beforehand. But in that moment, I understand Harwin and Lionel being at each other's throats. Lionel saying, you've disgraced our family. And he's like, Dad, I was just getting some with the princess. Give me a fucking break. Like, you're the hand of the king. Like, let's cover this shit up. So I, I get that. You're out there acting like her father. Well, I wish you would act like a father. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, that that cuts deep. But like he's 40. Like, go get a fucking job. Like, leave your dad alone. Commander of city guard. (laughs) Yeah. And you're you're masquerading all day, checking in on your bastard kids. Get back to work, Harwin. Or swing by my bedroom. Either one. I'll take either. Clubfoot, though, comes comes out swinging, murders his father and his brother and then traps Allison in this. Well, I did this for you. Mm -hmm. And she's flabbergasted. I think she legit was like, oh, shit. What do you think of Clubfoot's play here? Like, it was a big fucking move. I mean, obviously, I didn't like it. I enjoyed both of those. I would have, I think I would have enjoyed more of both of those characters. It it would seem (laughs) it's tough to think that someone could like so easily have 
their family killed. Um, it does put him in a good position. Um, yeah. I understand that he does indicate that she will reward him when the time is right. It would lead you to believe that he's got like this spy master thing going. Some people on the internet are like, is this our little finger? I don't think this is our little finger. If anything, I think this is our Varus, which is convenient. Um, and maybe like even like a touch of Kyburn. Oh. He's got kind of a psychotic uh, way about him, especially to have removed people's tongues, um, but badged them with the same symbol in his cane. So like, why? I don't understand. Yeah, like um, the firefly, I think it was. Yeah, I thought it was a bee and it made sense because of all the flower talk. But yeah, the the internet or the no. official is the it's a firefly. It's easy. It was easier to believe uh, Varys was working for the realm because he didn't. He literally had zero things to gain. So that yeah. I think is kind of a difference where Liz Laris stands to inherit Harrenhal. You enjoy at least a book version, Laris. Do you, Do you think that? What do you think of his play here? I love Laris and I love this move because it's awful. And I like a good villain. I again, I know the show's based on the gray. I'm not a gray guy. I like redemption arcs. I like villain arcs. I, I, I like the change. I like I like seeing arcs for characters. So if they start off gray and remain gray, boo, from my perspective. I like heroes becoming villains, villains becoming heroes. I like a good character arc. So in the in the book, uh, they imply Laris maybe possibly had something to do with this fire. In the show, it's very clear that he's the one who fucking orchestrated this. He's cutting out tongues to cover himself up. I fucking loved it. I loved that he was monologuing, mm -hmm. twirling his fucking mustache at the end of this episode. Uh, I loved it. So I thought it was great. I thought it was a great move on his part. Now, the you know, I think the funny thing is, is Allison now. When in her move for for people, in her move for teammates, for her team, in like a, several episodes now, she's trapped by what she learned. So, yes, she has Kristen Cole in her pocket, but she knows Rhaenyra's deep, dark secret, and she knows that Kristen Cole violated her vows. So she's kind of in on the secret, which makes her culpable. And also now she has a hand in the death of the Lord of Harrenhal, the future Lord of Harrenhal. And also the hand of the king. So yeah, she needs to accept responsibility and she doesn't, she yeah. seems reluctant to do so. And I, and I think that she's become drunk with this power. She's realizing that the things that she wants mean other people will get hurt. And she had this big play last episode where she came out in this green dress and it was like, Oh, she's playing the yeah, game. Yeah. And then I feel like she surged in power, but not in like cunning. Yeah. I also think that as much as we want to give Laris credit, we do have to talk a little bit about the curse of Harrenhal. So Harrenhal does not ownership of Harrenhal does not go well for people. It is it is not a buyer's market when it comes to Harrenhal. Uh, the first owners who built this magnificent castle who can never be breached, House Hor, they were wiped out by Aegon the Conqueror. Uh, they refused to surrender and he just burned the fucking thing down. He uh, he announced when the sun sets, your line shall end and then burn them all inside fucking Harren mm. Hall. Uh, 30 years later, Harren the Red wiped out all the owners of House Kaharis. So that's another one gone. House Haraway then took ownership and Magor the Cruel killed all of them. Uh, four years later, House Towers took it. 
And then their line died out with no heirs. And then finally, Queen Reina, who is Aegon the Conqueror's sister wife, which sister wife is a weird term we use a lot here, and I don't like it. Uh, but Aegon's sister wife, uh, Queen Reina, she owned the castle until she mysteriously died. And then it was passed on to the Strongs. Now, two of the Strongs just died. And if we jump forward to Game of Thrones, Peter Baelish had it at one point, Littlefinger, but it was then controlled by some of Roose Bolton's people. Then it was controlled by the Mountains people. It's just owning Harrenhal is not fucking good for you or your family. I feel like you just took me through an episode of House of the Dragon. Like, no details, just high level. Yeah, <laughs> that's this is exactly how the book reads. Folks, if you're missing <laughs> out, this is what it is. The person who reads the book on the Audible is has a much more pleasant voice than me. But this is what it is. Just so-and-so died. Then so-and-so took over. Then they fucking died. Then so-and-so took over. Um, and then we we start the next episode with a scene of Rhaenyra's face giving birth. And we're like, yeah. how did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? Uh, speaking of how did we get here? We're hanging out in Pentos with Damon and Lena Valerion. What the fuck are we doing in Pentos? So 10 years later, after flirting at the green wedding, <laughs> Damon and Lena are married. They have twin girls and another baby on the way and are in Pentos having a ball. They're being wined and dined. They want for nothing. Uh, the prince of the city offers them a place there in Pentos in exchange for their support with their dragons as um, they enter into war battle with the triarchy. Damon is into it. Lena wants to go the fuck home. It seems like Damon kind of has um, changed based on this episode. Uh, Pentos traveling, as Lena indicates, has changed him. Why don't you think yeah. he wants to go back to Westeros? Oof. So Damon's motivations are tough for me. I, I struggle to grasp them. <laughs> They often seem like he's just like, what's the thing I could do the most to be the most dick in this scene? Like, what's the most dickish thing I could do other than hmm. use my dick? Um, uh, he because that doesn't that work problem. Uh, it's, it seems he like he has. He made three children, at least. I Yeah, I think Damon is a troublemaker. And I think Damon got tired of making trouble. And he seems like now he's even tired of making trouble in Pentos. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'll let you use the dragons. Like, whatever. Make me a lord. Like, I think he's he's past it. He's I don't unfulfilled know if it's he, for sure. Yeah, he's unfulfilled. But I don't know if he really wanted Rhaenyra or if he really wanted the crown. He's just sad now. He's like emo. You know, he's he's listening to My Chemical sad. Romance and Pentos. He's being he's being the man that everyone. And by everyone, I mean, like his brother expected him to be go marry your wife make children and he's obviously not happy he knew that when he wasn't doing it before that he wouldn't be happy doing that do, do you think though it's changed him he may not like want to ride back immediately and and help his brother wage war against the triarchy again or anything but do you think maybe this this 10 years he spent give or take with lena has changed him i think it's introduced a new part of him um, and I don't think the other part is left. So I think okay. that I think that we're going to see a, a mix of these two things um, as we move forward. Yeah. If this 10 years living with Lena and the kids has maybe changed him a little bit, how do you think her death affects him? And how did her death affect you? So Lena had some difficulty in childbirth. She knew she wasn't going to survive, neither her nor the baby. And so she went out to Vagar, who is one of the most badass dragons ever put to screen. 
and convinced the dragon to to burn her. She had to beg the dragon to to give her. Oh, and it was pain. Like I I don't have a lot of connection to her character. I adore her character, but I don't have a lot of connection. So her death, I was able to accept very quickly. But okay. this dragon. <laughs> And the groans and the pain that it emits yeah. with just like sound and like scaly eyes. Like I felt that. Like I felt the dragon's pain. <laughs> yeah. Which is excellent. Oh, it's agreed. a lot easier I, for me to empathize with animals than even myth, uh, even fake ones. <laughs> same here. Yeah. And I think that however it changed Damon, I don't think it had as much impact on us. Like it was a cool scene. Yeah. But you know, it's I not think, like watching yeah. Jon Snow die or anything. Yeah. Right. And it gave it it actually gave us the opportunity to see kind of a mirror or not a mirror, but a parallel to the Amma scene where Damon is faced with the same choice that King Viserys is yeah. faced with. <laughs> and you know, in true Damon fashion, we don't actually see him answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, fuck yeah. Again, they didn't finish the scene. Yeah. They're, these sons of bitches. I I will say now that Lena has passed in, a, in an awesome way, some of the stuff we missed out from uh, Fire and Blood book Lena mm-hmm. was in the book. She is similar in age to Rhaenyra and she rides dragons all the time and she bonds with Vagar when she's only a teen. Uh, in the books, it's her and Ra- uh, Rhaenyra who are best friends. And so Alicent and Rhaenyra are a different age in the books. And so it's it's Lena and Rhaenyra. Uh, she does still marry Damon. Damon fights her betrothed. He kills him. And so he wins her, I guess. That's how that works. Uh, They do have a bunch of kids. They do go to Pentos, but they do come back to Westeros. But she does die in the books. When she dies, though, she she realizes she's not going to survive. And she tries to it it implies that she tries to go ride Vagar one last time and she doesn't make it. I much prefer the show ending where she does get some resolution uh, with Vagar sort of burning her. She gets the warrior's death. Um, also in the book, and this may just be mushroom talking. We've talked about mushroom in the past, who is one of the unreliable narrators in fire and blood. Uh, he implies that Lena Damon and Rhaenyra spent a lot of time hanging out at Dragonstone, um, spending a lot of time, uh, exploring those dragon glass tunnels. If you know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing I, I would say about the relationship between Lena and Damon with regard to the pacing and the way that they're kind of formulating this series is, if you were going to dismiss their or her so quickly, why dismiss their relationship with that line about like, I know you don't seem very interested in me. Like, I don't understand why that was even necessary. Like why diminish what they built? Why couldn't that stand even in the short time that it, I mean, it was 10 years, but like even in the short bit that we got to spend with them, why not just like let it be what it was? Why did, why did they have to be, unhappy and unfulfilled with each other as well. So that's a great point. So let's, let's talk time jump and Hamilton style. What did we miss? Let's talk about the things that we missed in the 10 year jump. Ryan Condal, uh, one of the showrunners and creators says, well, listen, it's a prologue. You don't need to know about all these characters, but we've got some unanswered questions. We'll fire back and forth on these okay. and, and give any of our thoughts. So I'll put out the first one that, that I really missed out on. At the wedding, uh, Rhea Royce, the bronze bitch, her cousin came up and start talking shit on Damon, saying, my cousin died mysteriously. 
I hold you the fuck accountable. Yeah. Shit's going to happen. And then I guess just 10 years went by and uh, that's it. So yeah, what, what did they say about his claim too? like, even yeah. if they, they didn't charge him with her murder. Oh, that's right. Damon wanted like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that bitch had lands. Don't I get those yep. lands? And we don't know. So moving to your fave, Laris. Yes. So in some of the scenes that we get with uh, Laris and Harwin, uh, they seem to joke around and get it. They're, they're together in a lot of the scenes. They have a brotherly vibe in like the 14 seconds that we get. Yeah. What do you think happened? Why was he so quick to kill? Yeah, this is one I'm really bummed we didn't see. It, mm-hmm. To your point, both Harwin and he seem to talk shit on their dad. Maybe they just resent his power. Maybe they resent that he he spent more time working with the throne than working with them. So there's a hint of that. But yeah, there's no hint that Laris and Harwin have any problems. He When he's talking to Alicent about it, Laris that is, when he's talking to Alicent, it seems like he's like, oh, he, yeah, he spoiled the family. What are you going to he's creating rumors? That's that's terrible. It's a dishonorable thing. But it doesn't seem like he really cares. So it, he's using an excuse. So I'm bummed. That, like, why did you kill your brother? Like, was, like I, I kind of understand him killing his dad, but not him killing Harwin. Yeah, he could have been specific with those convicts. He could have just been like sneak into the room, slit, slit a neck and get the F out of there. Yeah. But nope. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Don't kill Harwin. Bitch yeah. down. Yeah, like, take it you, all like, out. Lena chose to burn to death. <laughs> like, I would never yeah. choose to burn to death. And I certainly wouldn't no. wish that on my enemy. If I had to go, I'd prefer Lena's death than uh, Harwin or Lionel's death, though. Lena was a quick fire. Like, goosh, gone. Like, that dragon fire takes you out quick. Yeah. The, the other two asphyx- yeah. asphyxiated. At least Harwin got yeah. crushed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Lionel had the worst. Yeah, yeah I mean... The only the only pleasant thing uh, about Lena's death to me was that it was yes. her choice. Uh, speaking of of Lena and Pentos, how long was Damon and Lena hanging out in Pentos? We missed their Pentos adventures. Um, it mm-hmm. seems like they've been there a yeah. long time. Do you think they're still connected at all with Rhaenyra and Viserys? Have they made a call, sent a letter, sent a raven? Uh, well, I don't. I would th- assume so, just because Lena mentions that Lenor reaches out about the birth of Joffrey. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, So I think that they're at least pen pals, um, but certainly not to the extent that you described above, like they have in the book where there's kind of like a three musketeers vibe. Yeah. (laughs) I would assume that Damon is not speaking to his brother. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you think Damon thinks of uh, his brother's wife, Alicent? Have they ever had like a conversation out of inviting him to see the tapestry? (laughs) Yeah, he was fucking not interested in that. Um we're very clear of what Allison thinks of Damon, but yes, I, I think this is an interesting one. Yeah. Because I can't think of another time they've, they've connected outside of that scene and it has been 10 or 12 years since then. Yeah. I'm torn on this one. And he doesn't stand up when she, uh, interrupts the King at the rehearsal. That's dinner. true. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn on this one. I think that, that Damon, when other people talk shit on his brother, like Corliss, he was like, ah, uh-uh, can't talk shit on my brother. And if anyone talks shit on Rhaenyra, he would do the same. I think he's very protective of his family. So I like my gut. My first instinct is, no, he's protective of her. Like he can talk shit on her, but no one else can. But then I'm like, does Mm. he even consider her part of his family? And because Mm -hmm. he hated Otto and she's Otto's daughter. And that hatred manifested for Otto's son in the tournament in the first episode. So I think that logic is good point. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to root that he uh, he doesn't like Allison. 
where the fuck is Corliss Valerian? We get a lot of his kids. Yeah. What does he think about these brown haired children? Yeah. And shouldn't he have a seat at the council? So his daughter is married to Prince Damon. His son is married to Princess Rhaenyra, who's the heir of the Iron Throne. And he doesn't have a seat at the fucking council. Well, I think that's interesting. You should say that. But David, I think you've forgotten that Allison needed to be there, too. And there's only so many only chairs. so many chairs. Yeah. And they only have so many marbles to go around. A fucking Lannister has one. Yep. I mean, they're made. They're they're individual. Yeah. yeah. But no, let's let's make sure Beesbury's there. God forbid. Yeah. Beesbury's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Assistant. His assistant who he, who listens for Beesbury. No, no, sir. We've moved on. And he's like, Ugh. so we have a rat problem. Yes. And we don't know if this is many rats or one because it's never like a gathering of rats. It's always a single rat. Right. Yes. For the most part. Um, and so I, I don't know why we don't have a rat catcher. If we have a, a stool provider mm. for the king to get on his horse, we don't have a rat catcher. But there are some theories that Laris is a wark. Oh. And this is how he gets his information by warging into the rats. Oh, jeez. So do we have a rat problem or do we have a, a rat problem? So first off, Sir Pounce, the prince who was promised, would solve all this fucking shit. Wark or not. Uh, I know we're a few generations before Tommen. Sir Pounce, but Sir Pounce would solve this shit. No one forgets your damn cat, yeah. Tommen. Sir Pounce is my favorite Game of Thrones character. I didn't, I haven't been deep <laughs> enough in the Reddit threads, and I've been deep in the Reddit threads. I haven't been deep enough to see that that Laris uh, is a warg into the rats. I hear that theory, and my first reaction is that's ridiculous. My second reaction is, y'all, I'm all about it. I like that idea. I'm, I'm all in. I'm pushing the cash in, the chips in. I love that idea. I would I wouldn't turn into a rat. I'd probably turn into like a dragon if I were going to warg plenty of dragons around. Uh, but the dragons, though, you can't hide. You can't sneak around. Uh, but besides the rats, a lot of dragons in this episode. Nicole, I wanted to talk about some of our favorite dragons, but I don't want to limit it to just to just House of the Dragon or just Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. We can open this up. There's been some great dragons over the years. Certainly, we had Daenerys' dragons in Game of Thrones. We have many dragons here. I'm a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, which is at least half dragons by my crude math. Do you have any favorite, like, movie or TV show dragons? Um, I mean, I, I didn't particularly care for the talking dragon in The Hobbit. Oh, Smaug. I, I mean, it was it was fine. It was a fine dragon, like, uh, fine looking. Um, but, like, it ta it spoke, and it was just kind of like kind of it kind of cheesed it up a bit for yeah. me so that wasn't my favorite dragon to recollection um i didn't know that falcor was a dragon i always thought falcor was like a weird dog from never-ending story yes yeah he's classified as a dragon that was baffling to me in our research our extensive research Fucking weird that is the most disgusting looking puppet i've ever seen yo let me tell you something it grosses in the never-ending story that talking wolf if you look up that scene the talking wolf is fucking horrifying. It will give you lifetime, long time nightmares. He's <laughs> I watched a clip of it like weeks ago and I haven't slept right since. Yeah. Fucking. I think his name was Gamork. Do not look him up. Do not watch the YouTube clips. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. The, the only other dragon worth mentioning for me, though, is I don't think there was another dragon that elicited more empathy for me than the one that was trapped beneath the bank. In Harry Potter, 
uh, that they like broke out of it. It was chained and scarred. It was terrified of the sound of bells. It was, it was just the saddest thing I've ever seen. Um, I don't have a, a favorite. I think that um, obviously as the years have progressed, the CGI has improved the way that they looked. I think there's a lot of cool different takes on like some are more snake-like, some are more dinosaur-like. Um, I, I think it's interesting and, and cool, but I don't necessarily have a, a favorite. Uh, but I bet you do. I do. I do. So the dragon you mentioned in Harry Potter is definitely up there. The escape from Gringotts ride at Universal Studios has that dragon in it. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of sitting above the bank and blows out fire like every five minutes. So I kind of feel like I've seen him in person, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah, I've selfied with with that dragon. The Reign of Fire dragons don't have names, but the movie with Christian Bale in Reign of Fire, they look fucking awesome. And the cool thing about them is they would drip like fire and whatever oil it was that created the fire, like whatever, whatever that was, they would drip that from their mouth, like the gasoline shit. Uh, so it was really cool that like they would drool fire. So I think they were really cool. I do like Smaug. I think Smog was cool. The Hobbit movies overall, meh. A, a solid meh from me on the Hobbit movies overall, but I liked Smog. I would say you may have a better appreciation of Smog if you watch Benedict Cumberbatch's motion capture of Smog. Oh, I have seen that. I have seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's him crawling around the floor, like doing the voice and acting like the dragon. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I that's I, I could see that and be like, that's what I want my career to be. Uh, so we'll include that clip in the show notes because it's really, really neat. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think my favorite dragon right now, now, I get recency bias. I get it. I understand it happens, gang. But Vagar to me is probably the most unique looking dragon I've seen in a while. And I think Caraxes was probably my favorite the first few episodes. That's Damon's dragon, the one with the really long neck. Yeah. But I love how ancient Vagar looks. And to your point, his sort of like grunting and little oh, movements. Yeah. Like emoting. not wanting, yeah, emoting, mm-hmm. not wanting to burn uh, his owner. But also like tired and creaky. It's yeah. Like, really? You're waking me up for this? <laughs> I'm also being told by a producer that, that Vagar is a she and I've been uh, fucking up her pronouns. I apologize, Vagar. But yeah, I think I think Vagar is is right now my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know, what I thought was design. really interesting about Vagar when I first saw I was like, what is that? There's like nets. Yeah. Like they raised, it's like the ice dragon. They raised it up out of the sea and had like barnacles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened to this thing? But yeah, very cool. The, the attention to detail was incredible. Yeah. And and shout out to, to Game of Thrones as well. I know we kind of, the three dragons kind of looked similar, but the ice dragon was awesome. Uh, Drogon looked great. I, I do give a lot of credit. I don't want to, uh, by not naming any of them as my, my favorite, that doesn't mean that they weren't fucking cool looking. Right. Uh, the dragons in Game of Thrones were awesome. Dragons aside, I think it's time for lightning round. Uh, Nicole, I will start us off. Looks like we're going to go fight the Stepstones. We're going to go fight the Stepstones again. We're going to fight the Triarchy. Do they make a compelling villain? I don't know if the show is built for a villain of that nature. Okay. It feels like this is, they've built this as a very interior explosion um that the the battles that will be fought will be um caused by the players yeah i think yeah i think they're just the point of the triarchy is just to kind of spark some of the flames they're not they're not the meat yeah Yeah, they're they're an aperitif pentos say some stuff 
um it gives them well like we it gives them a point like damon won the stepstones but then they didn't keep the stepstones yeah it's just a point that they made yeah i don't I, do you think that we're we're going to war uniting and going to war against the triarchy no, only because I feel like I feel like the triarchy before was a good excuse to have some war, some battle scenes, some fighting. But I, I think I get the feeling we're really close to internal fighting. Yeah. Yeah. To your point. Breaking, I think we're breaking very close Corliss to out of the potential Allison team by Viserys yeah. not backing up his his needs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think we can have some actual Civil War style shit on the horizon. So I don't know that we need the Stepstones. What's up next? So a lot of what gives the Triarchy some power here is a, a potential alliance with with Dorne. Do you think we're seeing Dorne stuff? Do you want to see Dorne stuff? And do you think it'll salvage how our GOT friends treated them? So first, no, I don't think we could. There's nothing we can do to fix what GOT did to Dorn. Uh, sadly, some great actors uh, in there. Over and just, forever. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think one of the most interesting changes from book Game of Thrones series to the show was how they handled Dorn. Uh, I don't like the changes the show made to Dorn. Uh, obviously, Oberyn is perfect from beginning to end. Um, but the rest of Dorn was as, as, as handled poorly. So I would like to see, and I loved a lot of the Dorn stuff. Not all of it, Dark Star and some of that nonsense in the books. Eh. Who is uh, but the, the whole Marcella plot. The Sand Snake? Is that what she called herself? The Sand Snakes. I thought, yeah, that was the, the, the woman. I thought she was a compelling character and it made for a tie-in later. I liked That was fine with me in the show. Yeah, I, I think all the actors were good. A lot of their subplots, though, were exercised, yeah. like excised from the book. Uh, so I would like to see Dorn again. One, I just think Dorn's a cool character and... In the final episode of Game of Thrones, when they had the the unnamed Dornish prince there, I was like, oh, cool, Dorn's back. And then the dude didn't even fucking say anything. Uh, so I hope we get more Dorn. Do you, are you hoping for more Dorn? I am hoping for so much more from this show right now, like detail-wise, not like more from the show, yeah. that to to spread that even thinner would be <laughs> difficult for me to <laughs> justify. You want more focus on who we have. You don't need more characters. Yeah, I mean, at least that's my feeling from my perspective right now, yes. But you're a Targaryen. You have not bonded. You have not had a dragon to bond with. Okay. Are you are you gonna ride a big ass pig? Are you uh are you gonna tame the pink dread? Uh good question. No. I would not ride uh the pig. I have given up pork. That's true. I saw a documentary on how fucking smart pigs were. And so I don't eat pig anymore. And so I certainly wouldn't try to ride him or her. That's the same reason I don't uh, eat horse. I think if you ride an animal, you shouldn't eat the same animal. And if you ride, if you eat an animal, don't ride it. If you ride an animal, don't eat it. I think that's just general rules. So you're um, good to ride it. You just don't want to. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful. Now, I'm a big guy, but that pig looks like he could handle me. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to be disrespectful. I want to be nice to that pig. Pigs are smart. Uh, you do eat pig, I think. Would you also ride pig? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, Nicole. Harwin is dead. Who's our new hottie? Eesh. This one's tough. I really like Harwin. Harwin's Harwin's my type of guy. Yeah. Same. Uh, I'm I'm torn right now. I I I love Lionel. I want to cuddle with Lionel, but he's dead too. I mean, for a lot of people, it's Damon, right? 
Yeah, I assume Damon's the closest. It, uh, it doesn't do not do anything me. for me. No. Yeah, I, I, I like him as an actor. He's fine, but he doesn't do anything for me. I got nobody right now. Yeah, Lenor uh, is going to hold that spot for me. Okay, you'll go Lenor. Yeah, he's yeah. very, very handsome. Not my type, uh, and I'm obviously not his type, um, but in the sense that I, I like him a little rougher, and he seems to be yeah. a little more preppy, put together, shaven. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you're going like an opposites thing. You're like, I'll go with, with the, the opposite. Like yeah. Harwin, to me, is like rough around the edges. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. And Lenor's a little more clean and... But but he'll he'll hold that spot for me. I definitely prefer him over Damon. I tell you what, before his death, I think if I had to pick someone, uh, I'd pick Lionel because he gives good life advice, and I always feel like I'm a fucking mess. Yeah, but he's and never going to pay attention guy. to you. He's never have time for you. He's so committed to the realm. Yeah, but I think I could. I think a few minutes with Lionel is all you need. I you think th- he's <laughs> like he'd he walk down the get? hall and he'd be like, yeah, but I'd be like, yo, Lionel. I'm having some difficulties at work. And he's like, what I'd advise is that. And like, he just laid out for you. Yeah. Okay. Nicole, the iron bank of Bravos has approved your mortgage loan for Harren hall. <laughs> You've moved in. How will the curse of Harren hall kill you? Um, the mountain will torture kill and kill me. Oh, that's no bueno. I'm thinking like the scene where Arya and all the kids are being held in like the center of Harren hall and Tywin's inside, and oh, yeah. every day the mountain comes out and selects one of them. Like, that's probably how I'm going. How are you going? Oh, I'm not going anywhere that dramatic. I'm like slipping on a staircase and just fucking falling. Oh, that I place see. is not OSHA approved. It's been burned down several times. Um, I'm reaching for a railing at one point while walking down the steps. You're not getting hired. OSHA is not involved here. That's my problem. I need OSHA. I need certifications. He's I need like, a good contractor. I'm moving into a new house. I'm going to need to hire a new HR director. Yeah, no, I'm I'm walking down one of those slippery stairwells. I'm reaching for a railing or I'm stepping on a loose nail and getting tetanus and dying. I'm dying in the dumbest way possible in Harren Hall. They're probably going to feed you pork and you're going to be like, this is pork. Yeah. <laughs> My tummy just won't be able to handle it. <laughs> I'll be eating pink dread. <laughs> so our king is losing body parts. What's coming off next? His penis. If, oh, if, if we could have any, any justice for poor Allison. Well, does, do you think he actually touches his penis to the throne? No, but. I think it's just spreading. It I think it's everywhere. He had, he had, yeah. So I think, I mean, his penis is sitting on the throne seat, I guess, or at least his balls are. Oh, is he Scottish? Um, he's wearing a skirt, a kilt. Well, he's, he's never on there shirtless yet. His whole back is cut up and scarred. That's true. So, uh, for Alicent, whether or not I like what Alicent's up to, uh, I watched that sex scene with her and it was very uncomfortable for her. So for her sake, I hope his penis is the next thing to fall off. It has, if it hasn't already, what body part are you wishing for? For King Viserys to lose next. I just hope that this poor man is put out of his misery. Hopefully he loses nothing yeah. else but his life. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. And, and that's in a mercy way, not because I wish him dead in any any vengeful way. Yeah, he's a he's a nice guy. Um, well, he's got some grandkids. Yeah, he's got some new kids of his grandkids of his actual kids. Which one is the creepiest? So in the trailer for this uh, episode, I would have said Aegon hands down, like easily. Yeah. They definitely painted him away. Um, the creepiest kid is for me is Amon, but not in still like, just a kid. Yeah, but he like 
he seems tortured and he goes down into the thing and he's trying to get the dragon and it's just he just things like that push someone somewhere dark and yeah and i just i feel like that's where we're going with this with this character i don't know that but that's how it feels who do you think is the creepiest i think it's uh uh helena i think but like in a good way like we're gonna say that i'm so disappointed in you no but creepiest like in a good way like when she's joking about like you're sitting at the table you guys are at dinner together what's your favorite thing about no you know what babe you're creepy let me tell you something yeah one there's a very popular song by radiohead called creep and it's a lovely song so it's not that bad no let me tell you why she's the creepiest though because i don't like bugs and the whole time she only has one scene The bug is the creepy part but she's playing with the bug which makes i would say this let me let me clarify for you if it'll help the kid that it is in the creepiest scene okay, for me fine. is Helena because in the scene she's playing with a bug and she's fascinated by the bug and bugs creep me out. I do find that it's I like the fact that she's into something like she seems she's got a lot of knowledge about it. I think that's cool. Like she's the type of kid who today would be in the stem like good for her. So but that is the creepiest scene for me that any of the kids appear in. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Um Allison in that scene rubbed me the wrong way. I, it seemed like she was very bored and uh, disconnected. Um, yeah. She was kind enough in words, but her posture, her her demeanor. And then Amon comes in and lets her know what's up. Well, she, she he's in trouble because he went down into the dragon pit again, but tells her about Aegon and the, and the boys teasing him. She just doesn't seem warm to her children which is tough especially when she goes to confront Aegon and stands there while he masturbates in the window it's creepy yeah she's there too long too long um so how many people what's your over under on the people who get killed by dragons in this season because we've already had many Hmm. (laughs) well let's go mains let's go like mainish characters because obviously, like, Lenor set some people on fire in the stepstones. Yeah. With four episodes left, I think we've got one more, like, major character who will get who will get dragoned. Mm, okay. I'm going low. I think we'll have some extras. I think we'll maybe have some stepstones people. I don't know, maybe some guards. Who knows? But I think one, like, named character. What about you? You think I'm more than that? I'm going with five. Oh, Oh, you think we're we're going slaughter the rest of the season? Yeah. So it's time to pick our heir of the episode. Originally, it was Rhaenyra versus Damon. It seems like now it's Rhaenyra versus Aegon. Allison's definitely Team Aegon. Uh, so she's she's backing him. Where do you sit after episode uh, six, The Princess and the Queen? Who who are you rooting for? Here? I have pledged my fealty to the king, and Rhaenyra is still my heir. <laughs> I'm still Team Rhaenyra. But I don't, I, uh, I'm Team Rhaenyra, and I think Rhaenyra made the right offer this week. She was playing the game. I still think she's cold. I still think she's probably not playing this game great by having a bunch of bastard children. Uh, but I thought she did make some moves. Um, I'm still Team Rhaenyra. You know what's interesting is you think that Rhaenyra is cold, and some might describe Damon's behavior in Pentos as cold. I I wonder if the two dragons have, are fireless without each other. Oh, 
Yeah, I guess uh, they're both sad boys when they're not fucking in a brothel. I, I, uncles and nieces are often like that, I think, if their relationship There's doesn't involve a fire above. between them, for sure. Next week's episode is called Driftmark. What you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to steal Ms. Vagar. Yes. I want to confirm who they bury at Driftmark. Is, is it Lena? Do we lose someone else? Mm. And I want to see how we escalate to daggers between Allison and Rhaenyra. That is a pivotal moment from the books. And it's one I think book fans have been waiting for. So, yeah, I think outside of more Vagar time, because he's so because yeah. she's so badass looking. I apologize, Vagar. Uh, outside of more Vagar time, I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. It's it's a it's one of the few scenes in the book that gets more than a passing mention. Uh, they, they dive a little bit more into it. So that's the one I'm most excited for. Do you ever get the feeling that like George R.R. R. Martin was like just doing a writing exercise and he's like, you know what? People will buy anything I put out there. Let me just publish this. He had to do half this shit just like for his backstory. So, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's like how George Lucas was like, well, I wrote Star Wars and I had this whole other three episodes to justify it. And then they were like, OK, we'll do it. And he was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to write this thing now. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nicole, for joining me this week as we talked about uh, House of the Dragon episode six, The Princess and the Queen. Please join us next week for episode seven of House of the Dragon titled Driftmark. Check out our Twitter feed at It's Not TV Pod for further details about our podcast and to connect with our community. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thank you to our producer, Matt Malone, it's Not TV is a production of Bruit Media. We wish you good fortune in the pods to come. And this doesn't have to air, but I think it's based on what I know about the rest of the story. I think it's I think it's the and this season yeah i think we lose this season no they're the, like the last that's like the finale wow that's pretty cool 